We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the vault. It is just before 3.30 on Thursday afternoon, April 13th. We've just finished and watching and analyzing and reacting to Odell Beckham Jr.'s introductory press conference as a Baltimore Raven. And that is why we gather here in this instant reaction, a live stream episode here on the vault to discuss all of that and more and specifically what it means for Lamar Jackson and how he was a major component as you would expect he would be in this presser. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, joined by my co-host, Sarah Ellison. And we got a lot to get to, Sarah. I wanted to start with this tweet uh, put, released and published by Bo Smoka from PressBox locally here in Baltimore. And I thought it was a good sort of scene setter for us. So I'll just read it word for word here from Bo. He wrote, listening to Odell Beckham Jr. today, I was struck that in some ways he reminded me of a late career Jimmy Smith, someone who acknowledged past immaturity, had grown up a lot, appreciated where he is at this stage in his life and career, and he's been deeply moved by becoming a father. The jury, of course, is still out on whether this gamble pays off for the Ravens, but it feels like they one that they had to take, and it does shift the narrative of the offseason. This is probably most important, if even for a bit, away from Lamar Jackson and all the frustration and the saga that's been that over the last really year or so. I thought that was a great starting point for us because I couldn't agree more. Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting. At one point, Odell said that he now understands in his life that when he walks into a room, his reputation entered there first. So he has this reputation that, you know, we've talked about. It's one of the reasons why you were like not really wanting him to become a Raven. He has a reputation from, from outsiders. Um, and then that's got to be tough to do. Most of us, when we walk into a room and there's new people, they're meeting us for the first time. And there's no preconceived notions. Everything's starting out. It's a clean slate. But when he walks into a room, people already have an opinion on him. And, um, and so, yeah, I would agree with Bo. He just <clears throat> seemed more mature than the small tidbits I've seen of him, you know, from the outside. I mean, I can remember being on a boat one time at the Giants, and I remember, obviously, the saga in Cleveland. And then that's all I've really gotten from him off the field. Everything else has been on the field. But personally, he never struck me as like an Antonio Brown type. He never struck me as a that, – that, that other type of stuff does feel like, um, you know, being young and, and emotional and – that was one thing that I saw there is like maybe he comes across and I haven't seen this side of him. He comes across as emotion an emotional person. And oh, yeah. the times when that gets blasted on national TV, it's like the strong emotions, right? It's the emotions of, you know, fighting with Marlon Humphrey. It's the emotions of, you know, being upset with his quarterback. It's those type of emotions and so, again, when you're young, you can sometimes let those emotions control you. Today, and I don't, we'll see what happens going forward, as Bo Smoko said, that like the jury's out today, and maybe it's, you know, having a child, maybe it's just, you know, aging, maybe it's the year that he's been alone. He said he had been in dark times. But, but you know, today he seemed to be in more control of the, those emotions and for the first time, just because I don't know him, I saw the softer side of those emotions. 
um, where he just continually talked about like, you know, Odell, why did you choose the Ravens? Why did you choose the Ravens? And all he kept repeating was the love that the Ravens showed him. None of us are going to discount that contract that obviously is a major pull, but when he said at the end of the day and he just kept repeating it, he's like, you know, there are lots of people where people are like, yeah, it would, it would be nice to have you. Right. But it seemed clear to me that the Ravens were like, it wouldn't just be nice. We need you. We want you. And then him talking about when Steve Bashotti called him and Steve Bashotti was like, it really was like what turned him. It really is what made him start to say, Oh, the, Oh, it's the Ravens. And everybody's like, well, what was it about Steve Bashotti's phone call? He's like, it's hard to explain other than the fact I hung up and I felt like he wanted me. I felt like the Ravens wanted me. And so then he said, and I love this part because it's not just about feeling the love when somebody's giving you that love. He said, now it's my duty. It's my responsibility to give that love back. He struck me as a very hungry person, somebody who's been through stuff. He's been alone, determined, and also a guy that wants Lamar Jackson here. <laughs> Let's cut to that Steve Bishotti answer. Cause this is pretty fascinating. You know, Steve, as, as you know, the year that I joined the Ravens was you and I missed each other by quite literally like a year you left in 2018 for Columbus. I came in to Ravens radio in 2019. So I believe you, you told me that the, the last year of Steve really being visible from a press conference standpoint and whatnot was the year that I began. So I, I haven't really had a chance to see him uh, at, at the forefront of what he once was in terms of visibility. And so it was nice to see that. And, and of course, you know, this is happening behind closed doors. He's the owner of the freaking team. But it's nice to see that he had a central role in the recruitment process. And to your point, OBJ shared how. It's the conversations, for one, you know. Um, Steve reached out, and there there was um, that conversation. You know, I remember texting my agent, like, I, I think I, I want to be a Raven. Like, he had me fired up uh, just about the opportunity, about the team. Um, and I, I don't know how else to, I don't know how to say it, but it was just to show you we want you here. It's the only way I can break it down to you. I can't give you, like, a specific example of what it was. It just was the love that was shown. I'm a person who's all about love. Um, showing love, you get love, and they showed me a lot of love, and now it's my duty to give that back, you know, and that's something that's going to be very easy for me because I know that I was wanted here. A, a major theme of the press conference, he, he's, he feels wanted, he feels loved, and I thought Jerry Sandusky, voice of the Ravens, longtime voice of the Ravens, play-by-play -play broadcaster, asked the question that I would have asked if if, if – if I hadn't, if we hadn't been barred, we haven't been barred, but we haven't been invited to, we haven't been given access because we're on a traditional Neither one of us has been barred. You're you, in Columbus. You like that rebellion <laughs> reputation. We're, we're not barred from there. <laughs> I do. I do. We have been told that we are not a, not, we are a non-traditional outlet and we do not have access to, to the Ravens press conferences. Perhaps if you were in, in market, in Baltimore, you'd be there based on your previous employment, past history, whatever. But if <laughs> I do, I am a rebellion at heart. I think. I'm over sorry, but you also were given you also were given a, a training camp kind of. Uh, you know, they're letting us grow. We were brand new when we we requested it, and they gave you a day for the training camp, and you opted not to go. So you know. I think that if well, we, it was if we, were, soft if we were pushing for it, we could get in. It was a soft invite. You're right. I did. They did extend an outreach the day before, which is fine. It's, it's all good. I couldn't do it. I think I had, um, I think I had golf plans to be honest. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yes, you're right. And and we have no bad blood with the Ravens organization for anybody who feels otherwise. That's, that's the truth. So we have a lot of respect for the folks in that building, but uh, Jerry asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great tangent right there. <laughs> Jerry asked the question and thank you for holding me accountable because I forgot about that invite. So yes, we, we, I did receive an invite for training camp. I couldn't make it. I have not heard from them since, but anyway, um, moving on Jerry, Jerry's question that he posed to OBJ was the exact one that not only I would have asked if I was in the building, but that I've been getting at in recent weeks. And I, I know I, I've questioned Odell in this sense, I have scrutinized him in a, in a sense when it comes to his lifestyle, how important the off the field stuff is. And like I said, in this morning's vault, 
because of the signing, because of the way that he's approached this, because of where he is in his career, and because of really the first impression he gave off today, I'm going into this signing this with a new clean slate and open mind on Odell. But specifically, the, the question that Jerry asked was, why Baltimore? You've played in New York. You've played in L.A. You are a pop culture icon. And I loved his answer. I really did. Listen to this. Uh, well, I was in Cleveland, so, I mean, it's, it's also not, not the biggest of cities. You know, for me, um, it was great to be in, you know, New York early in my career. And then I went to Cleveland. I didn't have much success. And then I went to L.A. and I had success. But, like, at the end of the day, the, the common, denominator, common denominator between all that was I cared about football. I cared about being great. I cared about, you know, I mean, I worked my entire life since I was, I don't want to say his age, but since I was four years old, uh, looking my mom in the eyes, telling her I'm practicing for Sunday. So to me, it's always been about football. You know, the big cities are great. It gave me extra opportunities off the field. But at the end of the day, I didn't care what was going on as long as I was catching touchdowns and um, having that hard work kind of pay off. So again, we, we won't discount the price tag, right? It was a hefty deal that came in at the 11th hour to kind of steer him away from the New York visit. And it was well north of what the rest of the free agent, the top of the free agency class from this off season was commanding at around 11 in terms of average annual value, 11 million, which we know was an underwhelming and weak, a weak class. But so we won't discount the numbers, but clearly Again, I think there's there's more to him priority-wise at this point in his career. And again, like you said earlier, these are his words. We'll see how his actions, if they back that up and match up with that over the course of you know this year. Um, but but I'm coming in with an open mind. Yeah, yeah, that part was wasn't a a big problem for me. Um, you know, so so he didn't have to change my mind again. I I just there there I. I, there's some players at certain positions that, that I like it when they're emotional. There is just something that it's like, he, he is, he wants it so badly. And, and when you combine that with hearing from a vast majority of teammates that, that they love him, that they love him. Like that's the type of stuff I'm worried about. Like the, the Antonio Brown type stuff, like that type of stuff goes over the edge for me when it's like becomes um, teammates can't even stand to be in the same room with him. And he's, you know, on the field, you know, taking off his shirt and everything like, no, Odell is there to win. And so I'm okay. I can live with guys when they want to win that badly, like a Marcus Peters, right? Marcus Peters, he and John Harbaugh went at it. It's not the greatest look. But you know, you know it's all about, you know, wanting to win. And you know that when, like, the emotions subside that you can get along. I mean, OBJ said it when he was asked about Marlon. I'm sure you'll get to that. But he was like, there's no beef in my life. It's, it's too much bad blood. So I'm a, I can live with people that in the moment can get emotional but also can move on from it quickly and don't hold grudges. And so people like AB, I would see that where it's like, if he was upset with somebody, he was upset, and then he goes after him, and then he, you know, goes after Tom Brady and all this kind of stuff. Like OBG does, OBJ doesn't strike me that way. It's, it's just more like he wants it so badly, and then he can let that fire get the best of him at sometimes. And you know, the hope again, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised. He also strikes me as very genuine. So when they were like, "Do you want Lamar here?" He's like, "I mean, obviously that's the elephant in the room. Yeah, I want him here." But he also yeah. didn't cross the line and try to speak for Lamar which I really appreciated because they were like, did he offer you any assurances? He didn't cross the line and try to speak for Lamar. And so like, or when they asked him like, um, were you concerned that the Ravens wide receiver, that most, a lot of wide receivers don't want to be here. And he like paused for a while to think about it. So he, he just seems genuine to me and just a guy that lets his emotions get the best of him sometimes, but then can come back down to earth the way I think Marcus Peters can. We'll definitely get to the, the Marlin answer. Yeah. Just a bit, because remember their soaring battle back in 2019. Now they're teammates. Now we're going to be able to see this play out throughout training camp and however involved they are in the offseason activities. We'll get to that in just a bit. OBJ was non-committal in terms of what his offseason involvement would be. And we got to remember that he is coming off a torn ACL in that Bengals-Rams game. So we'll get to that in just a bit. But a few things that you mentioned uh, was 
the Lamar Jackson element here. And he answered questions related to Lamar multiple times. We should mention that Ravens PR to their credit, <laughs> let this press conference unfold the way that they probably should have the, the previous time during the pre-draft press conference. Everybody got to ask questions. I thought they were respectful. I thought they were professional and there was really no, no issue whatsoever, but this was one of Odell's first questions related to Lamar right off the top. Um, you know, I've talked to Lamar while we was out there, and I know um, that's a better discussion for these two as far as how that's going to get handled. Um, but the goal was, you know, to come here and, and have that possibility to play with him, and uh, I'm excited about that opportunity. Uh, as far as the team, uh, i just ready to bring leadership, ready to bring – I've been out for a long time. I had to sit there and watch everyone else play. Um, and I'm just excited to get back on the field, you know, and – it's good to be where you're wanted. Um, and, you know, like we said, we've had com communication since last October. And, um, you know, you guys showed me that you wanted me to be here and that I was going to be a very big piece uh, to this organization. So I'm definitely excited about that. Communication since last October. Boy, this has been going on for a while. And yet again, I got to hold myself accountable. You were speaking this into existence. We didn't know what was going on behind closed doors, but clearly they've been on this for a while now. Yeah, listen, I, I remember when we first started the show and there were still a few wide receivers on the market. And we were like, hey, who would we want? And we just kind of threw out names and I put OBJ in there. Now I did it not only because of the fit, because I thought last year it, he would be affordable. And uh, it does make me happy to hear that while I was trying to make it happen, later on in the press conference, uh, John Harbaugh was like, you know, at the end of the season, they were trying to do this playoff push and they were in communication with Odell and Odell, John says, you know, I think you wanted to play. You wanted to give it a try. And hearing that he, in his words, didn't have an ACL when he was with the Rams, basically in week nine, they were like, uh, you kind of need to get surgery. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this right now. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that he was like, forget all this. Like, I'm going, I'm going now. And not might not be 100%. Yeah, this is a guy that puts his body on the line, clearly. So, uh yeah, it, it, it sounds like this has been a long time coming. They've been in communication for a long, long time. It made sense for me last year, made more sense for me last year than this year because I didn't think they'd pony up the, the money. But I just let you know that sometimes deals, like with Roquan Smith, they can come down like they just go like this. There's other deals that it can take more than a year, and maybe that gives us optimism with Lamar. Everybody spoke as if it's, it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be back come 2023. And I think that was one of the overarching takeaways for sure um, for, from this press conference. But how about OBJ, the underdog? That's not something that typically comes to mind. And he referred to himself as the underdog. Oh, definitely. You know, that obviously it's the obvious, you know, elephant in the room. Um, but I've been around, I was in the AFC North. I've been around Baltimore and got whooped by them plenty of times. I know what kind of team they are. Uh, one of my favorite things that you were talking about was that that underdog story. And, you know, I was an underdog all my life. I wasn't the number one receiver in my class. I wasn't a four. I was a four star. I, you know, I, I didn't have it easy coming up until I got to New York and then I had some success. So I've been the underdog all my life. I've still been counted out. I'm still counted out. And um, that kind of excites me. And, you know, this is a team that has, you know, great talent all across the board, offensive line, running backs. Receiver room, defense is great. It's just, uh, it just, it boiled down to, you know, I'm in a place in my life where um, it means a lot more to be wanted than, you know, someone would love to have you. Because a lot of places would love to have you. But where you're really wanted, you could then pour your heart into that even more. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a lot easier from where I'm at, just the type of person I am. Um, and that was this situation. You know, it wasn't about, um, so much money. It wasn't about anything. It was that they showed that they wanted me to be here and that they seen me as a piece um, to come here and help them win. And, you know, I, I got one ring, um, you know, and it was a bittersweet, bittersweet champagne. And I remember, you know, having, you know, talks with God and he was just like, I know it wasn't exactly what you wanted. I know it was bittersweet. He was like, next time that you get to taste that champagne, it'll, it'll be the best thing you ever tasted. So to me, it's all about getting these rings. It's all about um, being great, excellent every single day uh, and winning championships. Yeah, first of all, I, I transcribed that quote. I've been called out by Twitter that I don't know how to spell champagne. 
Uh, I spelled it wrong twice. I did not drink alcohol, so I'm giving myself a pass on that. But um, yeah, yeah. You're excused. <laughs> yeah I appreciate that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, again, it just goes back to him being hungry. I, I, that's just what I got from him. He just and the Ravens are tapping into that. I love people that are hungry. Bobby, you you're hungry. It's one of the reasons why I like being a partner with you. You are a grinder. When somebody's hungry, they do whatever it takes. They put it all on the line and you can feel it from them and it inspires you. And, you know, he's, he's speaking kind of monotone there, but it just comes back again. He's just like thinking back to the Super Bowl. So like in his mind, it's like you think of somebody like, like Calais Campbell, right? If, if the Ravens had ended up, obviously he's at the end of the career, so it's different. But if they ended, they ended up winning a ring, he would have been good to say peace out, right? And so him coming, when he comes back, you know he's hungry. He's putting everything on the line because he wants that ring. And so with OBJ, it's almost like he doesn't feel like his ring is complete because he was knocked out of that game. And then he's knocked out. And then it's like, how many times have we listened to football players when they're in this rehab process and they feel alone? And that's when they're still under contract. They're still coming in the building every day, but they're just separated by rooms because they have to go to the training room while all the teammates go on the field. OBJ didn't have a team. He didn't have, you know, an organization being like, hey, we got you next year. He said he said several times, he's like, there was no... There was no vision. There was no future. I mean, I that meant a lot to me. I remember before I married my husband, we actually ended up breaking up a few times. And I remember being like, I couldn't see my future anymore. I couldn't see a vision. It's like, oh, this is, I envisioned my future with this man. And it's like, it's so disoriented, so disoriented, so disorientating. And you maybe felt this way when you left your work, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go off on a branch and I'm going to go become a content creator. Like how many times, how can we, all of us can identify with that where it's like, you think life is going one way. He thinks he's going to be a Super Bowl MVP and bam, before he knows it, that's taken away. He doesn't have a team. He, I know he wanted to play last year. It was tough for him to watch guys, you know, you know, play, play, and he couldn't do it. And so I love that the Ravens are getting a motivated Odell Beckham Jr. Because when you're humbled like that, it's just you become a different person. You see the world differently and you, 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 something's taken away from you. You knew what it tasted like and now you want it back more than ever. And I'm so glad that the, the Ravens are going to get this virgin, version of OBJ. Yeah, that's a great point. You could even make the argument that if Lamar ends up being in Baltimore in 2023, on an, on a tag, we know OBJ is going to be here on his one year deal. You could make the argument that both of them are going to be having prove it deals. I mean, the argument for Lamar, I know that we all feel like uh, most of us feel like he's worthy of, of a big time contract. Um, but some are saying, Hey, he hasn't been available back to back seasons when it matters. So we want to see him, you know, complete an entire season from a health standpoint. So, you know, does that combination pay major dividends for the Ravens this year? You never know. Again, that's, that's an arguable thing in terms of whether Lamar would be on a prove it deal. Probably not in his mind, but I'm just talking about from the outside noise standpoint. I think, I think it's an excellent point, Bobby. I mean, it seems, it seems odd. Like I get why you're like hesitant to say that because you've got a, a league MVP in Lamar Jackson and you've got a Super Bowl winner in in Odell Beckham Jr. And so it feels weird to call it a prove-it deal, but in a sense it is. Like there's a reason why OBJ only signed for one year instead of multiple years. It's like he might want to show that he can be – everybody's like, wait, it's, it's two ACLs, it's two ACLs. Like so, so, you know, the Ravens gave the highest offer. Everybody's saying – Oh, it's too much, even though it's the 23rd ranked in the league right now in terms of yearly average salary out of wide receivers. He's number 23. And everybody's screaming, oh, the Ravens got hosed. The Ravens gave him a bad deal. You don't think Odell Beckham Jr. hears that? And so he's taken a one-year deal because he does want to prove it to the league. He called himself an underdog. And then you've got Lamar Jackson. We all know what he's capable of. The Ravens know what he's capable of, but obviously not to the – they're not showing him to the point that he's wanting it in terms of contract. And neither is the rest of the league because there's yet to be an offer sheet. 
So in that sense, if both these guys are going to come in, heck yes, it's a prove it year because they're that they're saying I want to hit free agency at the top of my game, at the top of it. So I'm not hearing people say, "Oh, you're crazy for asking for Deshaun Watson money." So you're not hearing, "Oh, the Ravens overpaid." They don't want to hear that kind of stuff. So yeah, they are out here to prove I'm worth all of that and more. Now look, while OBJ shared that he did not get any assurance from Lamar Jackson in terms of whether or not he'd be teaming up with him this fall. He did share a message to Lamar during his press conference. I mean, if you look at the other situations I was going into, everything was uncertain, you know, and like I say, life's uncertain. Um, Obviously, I would assume that it's going to work out. You know, I have that that faith and that hope. And um, Lamar, I know if you're watching, you know, you know, I would love to, to love to get to work with you. I'll, I'll talk to these guys over here and, um, you know, hopefully that gets done. You know, I, I think when you, when you think about the Ravens, you definitely think about Lamar. And I know that that's something, you know, I was excited about that possibility and um, life's, life's not certain, you know, just to keep it short. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, so Sarah, anybody questioning whether or not OBJ was involved in the recruitment process or, you know, trying to feel out Lamar for whether he'll be here or not. I'll talk to these guys over here. I know he was joking. It was said in jest, but come on, man, put on your recruiting hat. Let's go. Yeah, it's firmly that hat. I don't know if it said Ravens or if it said recruiter. I mean, that was by far my favorite part of the press conference when he's like, hi, Lamar, (laughs) just like right there and so uh i thought that was great and like you said he was like literally like i'll talk to these two guys and like he's not afraid it just seems like he's not afraid to be a little bit of a middleman but again i loved the line that he walked because he did not and would not speak for lamar jackson nobody can speak for lamar except for lamar we have learned that very well over the last several years. It's why he doesn't have an agent. Nobody speaks for Lamar except for Lamar, but he was not shy in putting out there that he's like, that's my goal. (laughs) You know, that's my goal is to play with Lamar. And, you know, so he wants to see it. And, you know, I don't know if Lamar said this verbally, you and I have talked a lot offline, probably online too. You know, if nothing happens, if he doesn't sign a long-term deal with the Ravens, And if he doesn't, you know, end up signing, you know, an offer sheet with another team, um, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable saying that I think Lamar will be there for the OTAs, but if I had to bet one way or the other, I think that Lamar would be there at the beginning of training camp. And it's just solely based off of, again, him speaking for himself and him saying, I wouldn't do that to my teammates. And that was when, by the way, he was, you know, in his fifth, his fourth year playing for 2 million and he could have held out then. Then his fifth year, he's playing for, I think it was 20 million and now it's 32 million. And so it's like, I just, if, if I were Odell, I would be making the same bet he is. I really would just based off of what I know of Lamar. And maybe Odell's doing the same thing based off of what he knows of Lamar that it's like Lamar loves football 
and Lamar loves his teammates. And I don't think he would sit out a year. I just, I just don't think that's in him. I don't think it's in him to sit out a year. He loves football too much. And he loves his teammates so much. So I, and then, and then I would also make the same bet with Odell because I'm hearing, I see how much the Ravens love him, even though it's not as much love financially that Lamar wants to get. But I, I just identify with Odell because I would make the same bet. No matter, I, I would be like, other teams aren't calling. The Ravens love him. And Lamar still loves the Ravens, doesn't hate him. Uh, and so if it came to, you know what, I just got to play in this one year, I would do it. So I get why Odell's making this bet. Along the OTA's involvement for OBJ specifically, you transcribed part of his quote when asked if he'd be participating in the offseason activities and whatnot. And we know that these questions are going to be pretty important this year, more so than others because of the new offense and the terminology and the vocabulary and the schematics that Todd Munkin is bringing in from Georgia. I'm not saying he's bringing it in directly from Georgia. He was an NFL coordinator prior to that, but you know what I mean? And, and OBJ's answer was, was this, you know, this is made more important by this side of the room as he points to the media that were attending the press conference uh, than your teammates. But there's also being in a new group and being able to bond with those guys. I get the balance so it's something we'll sit down and figure out. And, you know, look, I'm not expecting him to be overly involved in this offseason. The guy's coming off a torn ACL. He's on the other side of 30. He's going to get his vet days. But uh, and, and who knows? He may not even be at the OTAs. And what, what will that mean? Probably not very much uh, other than the things that I just mentioned. So um, I, I thought that was sort of a, a calculated decision to, to leave that one alone. Right. But also share that. Yeah. He, he sees the importance of it. He's going to be on the communication with the people that are next to him from a brass standpoint and make an organizational decision. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, again, um, obviously haven't followed Odell super closely, but from what I understand, he's never been a big OTA guy. Um, and this is obviously a little bit more complex and that he's still rehabbing. So there's some stuff there. Um, if I were OD, um, Odell, and I didn't want this to become a big deal. I think, but, but, and, but yet I also wanted to stay with my family, stay close to my son. They, you know, they don't live in Baltimore. And if I wanted to do that and not spend, I mean, I don't think people understand. I mean, there's, there's, there's the, the football school and then there's OTAs, which is three weeks. And then you have, um, mandatory camp, which is four weeks. And then obviously you got to be back later in late July. And so, um, there's just some veterans that prefer to stay close to their families and work out on their own. And you and I have debated this in the past for, for guys that are not new to a team and know the offense or defense. I don't think it's a big deal if they don't go to OTAs. I really don't. I really, I agree with Odell and that I think the media and fans make it into a bigger deal than it is. That said, I put more weight on OTAs um, when you're in a situation like Odell and you're brand new. So what I would do if I were him, if he still wanted to be with his family, I would show up on day one. I would show up on day one of OTAs, maybe the first week, but at least day one, and then miss the, and then not go to the next two, and then come back for mandatory. And then that way... Like if you're there, you're there from the beginning. They're like, oh, he was there, this and that. And then it's just not made as big of a deal if he misses later. And that's just the way it works in the media. I've seen other veteran players do that where they come in and it was like, oh, okay, he's here. And then it just kind of fades away and people don't notice as much. So if he were set on staying close to his family for most of the summer before it has to be here, that's that's what I would do if, if he was looking to calm the media waters a little bit. I think that's more than fair. Yeah. I don't get the sense he's trying to calm any media waters by yeah. some of the comments <laughs> yeah. he made. I don't think he yeah. really cares, but but you, who knows, right? I, he's just such a, I mean, he's on a whole new level when it comes to like reach and audience and he's got plenty. He's got a lot more followers than the team account does. Like this dude is is a pop culture icon. He has a major following and that's why I think we both expect next month in the coming weeks, maybe a month from now when the NFL schedule release is announced that the Ravens are going to be maxed out when it comes to potential primetime games for 2023. Don't you think? <laughs> oh yes. There's, I think they're allowed to have five. I would be yeah. shocked if they didn't have all. Uh, uh, yeah. I would be shocked if they didn't have five. And then I don't know if there's a rule, like, can you be flexed beyond five later on? I, I, I don't know, but I, it's going to be, it's going to be a madhouse week in and week out. 
with Odell and Lamar together for sure. What could be a madhouse is if a uh, 2019 exchange is revisited come training camp between Marlon Humphrey and Odell Beckham Jr., who had their sparring session again back in 2019 at the bank when those two went at it. And, and it was a highly discussed story. Those two were, I mean, down on the ground. I mean, it was a straight up like cage match uh, in between the whistles and, and certainly something that uh, has been talked about since this signing came to fruition. Marlon did to his credit, a rundown OBJ before he got to the tunnel after the game to apologize. They both addressed it after the game it's behind them. But it's notable because that doesn't happen all the time. And OBJ was asked about. Um, I talked to him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give him a few headbutts, and we're gonna have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to hug it, hug it out. And then you know, it's we're on the same team, and our goal, I know that for sure, is gonna sharpen each other each and every day. I'm excited about being able to work with somebody like that. This is you know one of the great corners in the league, All Pro, Pro Bowl corner. Um, but definitely get to battle it out, and you know you know, talk a little to each other and then, you know, that that's it because we're on the same squad. Um, and I know that I've already communicated with them to communicate with them that I think we're both excited about this opportunity. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you don't never have, I don't, I don't have beef with anybody. I don't have any, you know, bad blood, nothing like that. Life's way too short for that. I've got, you know, things going on in my life that are, that are very important. So it's, um, I think we're both excited about it spirit of competition you gotta love it <laughs> i just hope that they are like let's let's just remember that the ravens have had some tough injuries in the offseason practices or the training camp practices so uh i am here for them sharpening one another i just hope they don't go too hard i don't need anybody's knees giving out or something crazy going on so i, I it, i'm glad that you brought up that they um that they apologized immediately. I remember immediately after the game to the he Marlon had already gone to Odell and apologized. And then by the time he was talking to the media in uh, in the locker room, he reiterated that that's he's like that's not how I play. But it, it's too it's too ironic and too good of a story not to bring it up, right? <laughs> that it's like, I mean, they did they went at it on the field and um, and so, but like he said. He holds no beef. Marlon was over it, you know, as by the time the game was over. So I don't expect there to be any sort of problem. So, um, Bobby, real quick, <laughs> I know that you would put up a, 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 a comment there about my bittersweetness to your sweetness. There was one also right before it from Fields says that I always <laughs> sound like I'm yelling. I, I've told you this story. <laughs> I've told you this story. I got to give it real quick. Because I do, I need to control my yelling. So when I was working for the Ravens, <laughs> I would go on um, Unscripted, which is a debate show. And there's just something, you've noticed it. We go live, my adrenaline gets going. I, I, it's like, I'm not angry, but I do, I yell. So anyway, I'd go on that show with Unscripted and I'd be, you know, cutting it up with Ryan and Garrett and whoever the guest was on the, on the you know, show or whatever. And a few weeks into it, I get a call from the former vice president of PR before Chad, Kevin Byrne. And, um, you know, he calls me in and he's, he seems embarrassed. He feels like he's nervous to tell me something. And he proceeds to tell me that he got a phone call from Steve Bashotti. <laughs> and Steve Bashotti says to Kevin, he's like, why is she always yelling? <laughs> like, why, why is she always yelling? Like her, her, her points could be given across like much better if she didn't yell. Well, Kevin just thought, well, I'm sure the owner doesn't watch this every week. He probably just caught it one day and I'm just going to leave this alone and, you know, doesn't do anything. So several more weeks later, Steve calls Kevin back <clears throat> and uh, he's like, why is she still yelling? And, and he's like, didn't you, didn't you tell her? And he's like, no, it's not her fault. Let me go talk to her. And so we were talking, I think Kevin just felt bad about to giving me coaching on, on the style or whatever. So anyway, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, no, I'm glad Steve cares enough when you, you haven't heard Steve talk a lot, but when he does talk, he's deliberate, but he's, he's not loud and he's, he's, he's firm, but he's not loud. He never, he never yells. And so clearly I still haven't learned my lesson. I could just hear it now. Why is she still yelling? And I'm just like, I got to learn how to control the adrenaline. But I just thought it was hilarious that he's saying I was yelling. I was like, you're not the first person to give me that feedback. <laughs>
Oh, it's, it's such a good story, but it's just like, it's built into you, you know, that's just like yeah. how you're wired. And, and as some have pointed out, like that is, it's, it's a passionate energy that's contagious. And I think we see through the intensity as like, no, no, like she knows what she's talking about. She has incredible experience. She loves what she's talking about. And that's the way that it, that it comes through to me. So does Jeremiah have to turn down the, his headphones? Do I have to turn mine down when sometimes you call and I have my AirPods in? Yes, we, we have to do that from time to time. And we're okay with it because we love you and we appreciate you. So, you know, that's what's going on there. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's um, when you're live, you're, be you're at your best. You know this. I've told you this all the time, but that's also when you're at your loudest. And we're okay yeah. with that, though. <laughs> yeah. Turn it down. Turn it down. Oh, my gosh. One more clip from Odell before we go through some news and notes and then get to some Q&A before we pop at 415. Odell was asked about the history or lack thereof when it comes to the free agent wide receiver in Baltimore. We know Steve Smith senior and Anquan Bolden were a couple of the exceptions for sure. Uh, and, and went on to have stellar careers in Baltimore, but we know from a spending standpoint, we know from just, just cashing in, they have not been willing. And when they have been willing, it hasn't always been swell, especially in the Lamar era. He was asked specifically in the Lamar era and maybe even throughout the history of this organization. If, if any of that, had an influence on him if there was any hesitation about coming to Baltimore. I don't know if I ever thought about it. You know, I just seen number eight out there. And <laughs> I know that he could throw the ball. You know, we, we always talk about perception and perception versus reality. And, um, you know, there was perception that Lamar wasn't a passer. And then there's reality that he could throw the ball all over the field. Um, so I don't really take too much into perception anymore. I kind of just live in my reality. And for me, it was about being wanted. And, you know, I know what. Munkin did at Georgia. I know what this team has and what they're built around. Um, again, like I said, I, I was in Cleveland, so it's I was in <laughs> I was in a running you know style. I was in the same division. I I went to LSU where we ran the ball all the time. I still went for a thousand yards. Like it's you know to to be able to have a great pass game, you, you got to be able to run the football. So it's always balanced. I don't really think I thought about um, why. There wasn't anybody who didn't come through here. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I thought about it. And let's be honest, they're not going to just abandon what they do running wise, right? Like, especially with the horses that they have in their backfield scheduled for 2023. So it's just going to be a matter of Munkin's going to have so much more at his disposal this year than Greg did in the past. And it's going to be a different scheme. So anyway, I, I didn't expect to hear anything different from him there, but I just thought it was notable based on the, I mean, the question was asked. And I know a lot of folks in the fan base, it's important to them. You know. Yeah, well, there's I loved that. I loved his answer. I love three things that he pointed out. So, again, it depends on who you're talking to, but I've definitely seen national media. saw it again today. I can't remember if it was – I don't want to name any names if I don't remember it. It was, it was Ben somebody. But uh, there's definitely a perception that Lamar cannot throw from the pocket. Odell Beckham Jr., an all-pro, pro bowler, laughs in the face of that. He came here over – and he doesn't even know if Lamar's going to be the quarterback, but he came here over going to play with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so take that for what it's worth, that you've got an all-star, superstar wide receiver, and he's like, Lamar can throw. The second thing that I liked, which he didn't point out, but, um, you know, he pointed out, I don't remember whether it was in that clip or another, that it's Todd Munkin's offense. The Ravens, for sure, have not had great success with wide receivers coming here under Greg Roman, but they have with other free agents prior to Greg Roman. Steve Smith Sr., Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason. There's been plenty of success there. Um, doesn't mean that there weren't some misses also, but there were definitely some hits. There weren't hits in free agency with wide receivers under Greg Roman. So he's like, you know, he's got a relationship with Munkin. He got 1,000 yards with Munkin. He watched him at Georgia. He knows, he knows what he's getting into. And then the third thing he talks about, which I really liked, is that he doesn't expect to be like a Green Bay or a Tom Brady offense. He said, I played in Cleveland. I played at LSU. We ran the ball a lot. And he's saying, you know, running the ball sets up the, the pass. Now, that grace will only go so far if it turns into a Greg Roman show, but I don't think it will under Todd, just based off of what he's done in the past. We'll see what happens here. Um, but I love that. I love like threefold. He attacked different narratives in that one answer. Some Q and a before we finish up, we've gotten uh, several clips from the press conference. Again, the, the, the thing in full can be 
seen and watched and and checked out on on baltimoreravens.com or across their social networks but uh those were probably the most notable clips uh, that I wanted to pull for for this instant reaction so just so you know that we we didn't go through all of it but those were sort of the notable ones so some Q&A stuff that I've starred here we got about 6 minutes left of the stream uh Sydney comes in and, and wants to know what do you think this means for James Prochet and, and that's obviously uh, from a jersey standpoint because of the number three, and then also maybe even roster standpoint. I, I know I mentioned the roster um, conversation the other night. I, I just don't see where James fits in the, the 2023 plans in Baltimore, to be honest. I think he's had plenty of, of, um, of chances, and they have every intention of continuing to retool and rebuild this room. They, they've already done so via free agency with Nelson and uh, OBJ, and they're probably going to add another player through the draft. So, you know, Devin Duvernay is on this roster. Perhaps Marcus Robinson comes back. I don't see James in the in the plans for 2023. Um, I don't know if I'd go totally that far. First of all, uh, like I would love to know how that conversation went, if there's a conversation at all about number three. Like we'll hear a lot of times, you know, players come in and a number will already be taken. Like Roquan changed his, right? He didn't get – did he get his same number? I, I think he did I, change I, it, didn't he? He changed it to 18, right? Yeah, yeah, because he tried to, like, figure out some other special, you know, way that 18 could could link to him. And so it doesn't always happen, but there are other times where it's like um, a guy will pay another guy for a jersey number or the other guy will just be like, whatever, I'm not that attached to it. So I'm curious if there was any conversation <laughs> about it because it seemed to happen pretty fast that he got number three or maybe the Ravens are like, yeah, you can have it. Like, you know, we'll, we'll deal with it yeah. with James Prochet. Now I don't want to pile on James. Like, I think we've made it clear on this show that we feel like he's had his opportunity and hasn't, hasn't taken it and run with it. I think ever since he, especially through that interception uh, in Denver, like he, that was like an all time low for him. So I don't want to pile on, but I don't want to say that he's off the team. Um, I, I feel like, that doesn't mean I, mean, I think he's going to be on the field a lot, but it could be a practice squad. It could, who knows what injuries could happen. Oh my gosh, please. No, uh, I don't know yet. So I'm not ready to write him off yet. He's still on that rookie deal. Um, so I don't think we'll see him much on the field, but I don't know that I'm ready to say he for sure is not uh, a Baltimore Raven in 2023. Joseph Giglio is OBJ the best receiver to ever put on a Ravens jersey. Not Baltimore career, but career as a whole. Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Des Bryant, or a few others that come to mind. What do you think? Not as a Raven. Okay, now because when I first saw that, I was thinking as a Raven. I, I didn't look. I didn't him see him say take that out. Um, Steve Smith never got a ring. Bolden got one. Des Bryant. Um. It, I, I'd have to I'd have to think about this more. He's definitely up there. Uh, maybe I'd put him above Steve only because he has a ring. Did Des Did Des get a ring with with Cowboys ever? No, no, no. no it's been, I mean, it's it's been like decades for Dallas. <laughs> yeah, but I would say that like looking at the numbers, I don't know if his his numbers have been as sustained as these other guys. I feel like when I looked into Odell's numbers, they seem to drop quite a bit, especially during those Cleveland years. So. I don't know that I'm ready to put him above all of them, but he's obviously in the conversation to even have the question asked. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm putting him above agent 89 yet. I think a lot of it will depend on how things shake out over this prove it year. And then from there, you know, I think the jury's still, I, I like the question a lot. Yeah, I think it's yeah. something we can revisit in the coming, in the coming years, if not, you know, after this season. Manuel's COD channel. Uh, do you really think we can get D hop now or is it a pipe dream? And this one's, this one's designed for you. Uh, I would put it in the pipe dream category. Yeah. I just got made up for asking if Dallas got a ring. I guess I should have known Dallas never got a ring. So, um, fair point. Um, no, I would, I would put it, I would put it in the pipe dream category. Listen, we have definitely seen the Ravens do uncharacteristic things even before Odell, even just adding void years for other guys. Odell was really uncharacteristic of the Ravens. To do that again, to add more, they'd, they'd have to come up with a new deal with DeAndre Hopkins. It would have to be like a three-year deal. The way I interpreted one of comment, the comments from Eric DaCosta, he, to me, seemed hopeful that they could re-sign Odell again if things worked out. Like when he said, we're really excited about this acquisition short-term and hopefully long-term, I took that as, oh, 
maybe he wants to be in on it after this year and try to get him back. And if they get Lamar, you know, a long-term deal, then, then yeah, that's, that's certainly a possibility. And so I don't think that they could do that with two guys. And I think to get Hopkins, you'd want to extend him. That cap hit, even with the trade is massive, massive, massive that they just don't have. And then you'd, you can't, if you're, if you're not doing a new deal, I don't know how you can add void years onto that. Maybe, maybe they can, and I don't know the rules, but if there's not a new deal, how do you add on void deals to a contract you're just inheriting from a trade? And, and so, um, and then you have to give the, give up the draft picks. Like maybe if the Cardinals got desperate and then dropped their draft picks really far, then I'd say, okay, there's a chance. I won't say it's impossible, but I have nowhere near as much hope for Hopkins that I had for Odell Beckham Jr. By the way, as we're uh, as we're taping this, Adley Rutschman just hit a walk off homer to uh, to lift the Orioles over the Athletics. So <laughs> there's a lot going on today in Baltimore. Uh, they win the series over at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, right down the road from where I am right now. So uh, for those of you who are also in the on the O's train. They're, they're playing some good baseball right now, but they got to clean a few things up Their Their pitching has been a little suspect. Their defense has been a little, a little worrisome, but the offense that has been chugging along right now. And Adley is the blank check. If Lamar deserves a blank check, then I think Adley is the equivalent over on the baseball diamond. But uh, with that, I think we're going to close things down here. You have uh, motherly duties to go tend to right now for the middle boy. And uh, I got a lot more to do tonight as well. We're just getting started. So uh, again, we, a couple, couple housekeeping notes. We have our upcoming uh, draft live stream on the opening night of the draft, April 27th from eight o'clock Eastern to midnight. It's going to be a wall to wall live simulcast stream. We're looking forward to it. Special guest analysis, instant reaction to who the Ravens do, or well, if they pick at 22, if they move back, we'll see. Uh, but looking forward to that. And um, any, anything you want to add before we pop? Nope. Nope. It's a good day. It's a good day in Baltimore. Uh, somebody mentioned, is there momentum to the off season? I would say, yes, things have been more friendly online for sure. Not, yeah. not great, but more friendly. And uh, I think this is a major move for the Ravens. It's good to see it locked in. We'll see the jury's out. We'll see what Odell can do, but for sure, the Ravens have a motivated, determined wide receiver who will be helpful in recruiting Lamar Jackson back into the fold. And with that, we're going to close it down on this instant reaction live stream. Do us a favor. If you haven't already done so and you've been enjoying our content, please consider liking this video so other Ravens fans, other NFL fans can discover us. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done so. We create daily content, 15 to 20 minute videos on all things Ravens year round. We're so looking forward to our draft coverage and uh, we really appreciate you guys for joining us on this Thursday afternoon. This will be available in audio only format if you hopped on late or if you just want to soak it all up more. So again, thanks for stepping inside the vault. I'm Bobby Trossett for Sarah Ellison signing off. I'll talk to you soon.